Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your host Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in this space. This week is episode 10 of season two. We're going to have a chat around the features around features in identity governance within Azure AD, part of Microsoft's Entra family of identity products. This will include privileged identity management, access reviews, and access packages. Hey, Ellen, how's it going? Hey, I'm not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, not too bad. Um, I am I'm very interested to hear around identity governance today because I believe um, this is probably an area that I am least familiar with if that makes sense i i love to i love to build in on platform and to help secure platform uh but around identity uh governance is sort of an area that i've not avoided but i just haven't got a lot of um experience in so yeah it's going to be really interesting to to find out what um functionality is in um azure id i've got a few i've used a few parts of this before but i think it's really good uh, for people to understand you know, what functionality is there uh, in, in Azure AD. Yeah, that's cool. And we've hit our episode 10. So we've yeah. bypassed our season one. Yeah. So we're actually better than we were before. So well done to Alan and I. Um, <laughs> and thank you very much to the software and everything that we use to record these episodes. It's made it a lot slicker, a lot easier for us to, to do these things. So um, uh, it's we've got no excuses not to do it now. <laughs> and of course, thanks Thank you, listeners, for listening yeah. and making sure that we, uh, you know, we see your listens. So it means we create more content. Exactly. And if you're not bots listening to these episodes, <laughs> then um, we see the analytics and we see you listening, right? So um, yeah, I do hope there's some real people out there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. Sh- uh, should we get started on identity governance, Alan? Yeah. Sure. Cool. Right. So um, can you just give us a uh, a brief sort of high-level overview about what Azure AD identity governance governance actually is. Yeah, sure. So it's kind of in in the name. It's to help govern your identity. I don't think there's any other way I can put that without repeating the the type, you know, the product. Uh, but yes, so it's to help with um, different parts of your identity and governing it. So some of it might be the lifecycle of a user's identity within Azure AD, um, or it could be reviewing, um, you know, keep continuously reviewing people's access to things like that. And, and of course, priv- you know, just in time access, you know, just enough time, you know, access at just the right time. So the three areas that we're going to kind of cover, uh, is entitlement management, uh, access reviews and privilege identity management, which we've talked in multiple episodes about. Cool, great. So, um, should we just start off with entitlement management? Could you just give us a a, a brief um, overview of what entitlement management aims to achieve? Sure. So, entitlement entitlement management is the piece that is looking at the user's lifecycle. Um, that's not necessarily doing the the join and move a lever process or anything like that, but can help with um, giving users permission based on their role. It, it's kind of it helps towards it. So this is able to, um, within the entitlement management, you're able to create access packages. Now access packages are, as they sound, packages that give you access to different things. So within Azure, or Azure ID, I should say, 
Um, this is access, you know, uh, permissions to a Microsoft Teams or SharePoint site or an Azure AD group, um, or it could be to applications that are integrated with Azure AD. So you can collect, you know, build a package with, say, the example might be that you've got a finance team and they always have, you know, the finance, the, the finance teams, um, Microsoft teams, too many teams in there. Um, could be access to the, the finance apps. There may be two or three of them as well as access potentially to maybe a mailbox or something like that. You can put those sort of, well, we'll have to confirm, I'll have to confirm about mailboxes, but um, with the other app applications and groups and team sites, you can add them into a single package and then you can um, assign them to those users. And that could be based on a group, which could be a dynamic group based on their, their department, or it could be part of your onboarding process that when someone joins, they have to go and request that finance app or finance access group. So that's probably the other part to it is that you can have these packages and the users can go and request access, you know, request that package. So it might be when a new starter um, comes into the organization, they don't get any, they may, maybe they get like the default package, for the organization that gives them the base applications, but then they then have to request the applications for their, their role. It might be part of the, you know, the finance onboarding system that they have to do that. Um, once that's done, then they get access. And within the access package, you can, as I said, you can do an approval process for people requesting. It can They can just receive it. Um, but also you can specify the amount of time they have it for before they can request an extension. So you can say, well, this might be maybe there is a application, say, um, I don't know, let's think about it. Um, Adobe Photoshop uh, or go, you know, Adobe Cloud Services. Um, and they need it for 30 days. Um, so someone can request that, you know, that application or access application, have it 30 days, and then it will just be removed. So then you're reducing your licensing because you're not, you know, they're not subscribed um, and things like that. So it's really helpful to be able to deploy, you know, certain things to certain users based on, you know, based on that sort of information. Okay. So, so what you're effectively saying is, is that we can bundle up different, let's call them resources. I don't know what you actually call them components yeah, inside right. of resources inside of an access package. And then you're, um, you're then um, putting a, um, a life cycle around that access package. You know, you're saying, okay, this, you know, to, it depends what the rules are and there's a lot of configuration there, isn't there? You know, yeah. how you can, how you can customize this, but you can say, you know, uh, people need to request access to it. There's a, there, there could be a time bound access, you know, to it. So it's not permanently assigned to them. Um, and the approval process of who, you know, uh, guards access to that, to those resources, you know, um, and, and put some sort of, um, a hierarchy of responsibility and role, uh, in place, uh, for those. Yeah. And you can also, um, Guests, you know, uh, B2B user, guest users can also request access packages as well. So you may have that, you know, you bring someone, you know, someone gets invited to the organization and then they can choose what services they need from that perspective as well. And the access packages don't all have to be configured by um, admins. You can delegate it down. 
So you may have a, um, you can build catalogs and then people can, or users can own catalogs. So you might have like the head of marketing might have manage their own catalog to give permissions to different SharePoint sites they own so they can manage that piece. And same thing with other departments, potentially. Okay. Yeah, seems that seems really powerful. And um, and I suppose in larger organizations, there must be lots of permissions and resources that you want to give lots of different teams access to them. So I'm guessing it adds a lot of structure in around managing those sort of content, managing those, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess if you, if without talking about PIM in Azure infrastructure, potentially you could have an access package for a, uh, for a, service which gives you the right permissions you need for that service within azure because it could be based on group permissions in in azure so you know if you need permission to look after the the web app and it's in like different subscriptions things like that you could give permission to that one app and it would give them the right permissions for x you know days and things like that yeah but you'd want to do pim but again we'll talk about that okay yeah, so there is kind of it is kind of like in some respects kind of like PIM, but for the the enterprise or the the you know the identity side, not the cloud. You know, it is it's kind of similar to that, isn't it? Because you can put those approvals and life cycles in and around it. But I think PIM is more for just in time access, anyway, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same sort of concept, though. Right. Okay. Well, okay, that's cool. Um, okay, and um, you mentioned in um, the uh, the overview of identity governance. You talked about access reviews. Um, what are they, and and how how do they work? So access reviews are um, trying to understand or to manage your attestation within within Azure. So this is making sure that if you don't have a an access package that says you know you've got it for thirty days and you've got to reapply for it, um, that you can go to you know, team sites or groups or applications um, and basically do a review of that group. And this could be, you know, this is checking whether a user still needs access to that application. And in effect, you know, it's, it's an admin or a owner of that product or you know, team that has to do that review um, to understand it. So this is really good for guest access. So you invite you know guests into the environment, um, you know they 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 work with the organization for three to six months and then they don't work again, but the account's still there with the same permissions because there may not be a cleanup process. So with this, you can do a review of of guests within the the tenant, and it will come back saying. Uh, you can put some filters on it now. It's quite new that's recently come out that you can put some filters saying, I haven't seen activity for X day. So you can say, if I've seen a guest user with no activity for 30 days, then I want to review them. Because it might be legitimate that we're not going to use them for 30 days or six, you know, two months, but they're going to come back. We know they're going to come back. Um, so yes, so once you've done that, once you've got your access review, the the reviewers, which can be people you select, um, the owner of a group or service or application, or it could be the the actual user or the guest user or the user itself to self-review, to to do it like an amnesty. I don't need that access anymore. Uh, whether that actually that happen? happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I guess people may not want to 
like you know, for instance, us, you know, you and I that um Yeah. Are we just very pessimistic? Does that actually happen <laughs> in real life? Like are we just yeah, we're just these jaded <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but yeah, go on. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so we do these reviews and then in this review, when when somebody gets it, they have X amount of time to do it, and you can schedule these. You don't have to do, do like you know an admin doesn't go in and do a what you know do it every month or whatever. You can specify you know um, weekly, monthly, quarterly, six months, and and you know annually these reviews, and they just keep running. Um, but when they get the review, they basically get a list, um, and Microsoft gives you or the yeah the the service gives you a recommendation, and this is based on activity. I mean. Because they haven't been, you know, in this scenario, they haven't been active for thirty days. So, the recommendation is to remove their access or remove them from the tenant. So, but in other reviews, it might be that um, this user hasn't been active for two weeks, um, but you know they're still employed by the organisation, but they, you know, they're off on holiday or something, um, or they have left at that point. But, but yeah, um, so the person that is doing the review can then make the decision to keep access or remove access once that is saved or submitted completed that then goes back into the system and depending on what you choose um, it can automatically go and um, execute your recommendations or it can sit there and say this is your recommendations right and then there can be a button to say execute so that it, you know you have to go in and enforce it kind of thing um, with the guest access um, what it does do is that there's a setting there. So instead of removing from a group or a, a service, it will disable their accounts for 30 days. And if they don't reactivate by, you know, an admin re-enabling it after 30 days, it will then uninvite them from the tenant and remove them. So that then you've got a clean environment. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, so there's, there's quite a lot of customization around that that process right you know you, it's it's not just a you know somebody somebody internally might you know well you could set up so somebody internally might be revoking access to say i assume a guest that they might have invited could you use it for, for that like or is it, does yeah. it cover guests and, and, and yeah so it could be based on on the user's manager so if the guest okay. has been given um like they've used the field for manager as the sponsor for that user okay then they can be requested to to review that access to say right, okay you know, yeah do, do they yeah, still exactly, need access yeah. so yeah and if and if you're not quite sure you can obviously do this thing where you know it you wait for 30 days for them to confirm their access is still needed and if not it just you know they just get silently removed uh from the tenant at that point right so um so yeah that seems that seems really that seems really powerful to be generous with you. Like that's yeah. Yeah, it's just helping automate that that tidy up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And 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 restricting permissions creep yeah. as we talked yeah. about. Yeah, well, from the other video yeah, from last week. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting how we talk about like remediation and tidying up and how that's you know, um trying to help us automate that because you know, Defender for Cloud is moving you to, into a direction to help you with that. Um uh entry permissions management is helping you with that and then here we've got this on this side also trying to help you that's a recurring theme really in the cloud world is it's not really you know 
the scale and flexibility is there, but it's also it's it's also like how you're then going to manage that scale once you've you've got yes. it in there, right? You know, once once it actually happens, you know, how how do you how do you clean up and sort things out in the future? Yeah, that's that's an interesting recurring thing. Yeah, and and you'd think that if you if you're quite large on you know, you've got quite a large environment on the Microsoft team side, you know, loads of SharePoint sites with you know groups, you know, assignment and team, you've got tons of teams uh teams teams um it gives you you don't have to, it doesn't have to be too complex that you have to create an access review for each one you can say i want to review all of them all the yeah. groups you know all the microsoft um 365 and teams groups so and then then you specify you know it's the the managers of the people in there do they still need access or the owner sort of thing so it's not it, it can get complex if it's needed to and i think we see this with everything isn't it it can be complex if needed um yeah. but doesn't have to be to start off with yeah exactly yeah you can sort of grow into it can grow around your 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 complex requirements inside of your, your specific organization right you know and how because it's, it's usually those edge cases that stumble uh, products like this isn't it right you know i need to be able to do x y and z and it needs to be it needs to be flexible enough to support those scenarios, but not overly complex for when you don't need it, right? It needs to get out of the way when, you know, like uh, to, 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 to get adoption because it's all well and good being licensed for these things. But if they're too complicated to wield, manage or understand, they just won't ever get used, right? Because it's all bundled in together on a license anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's that's where we come in, I guess, as consultants to, <laughs> exactly, to help yeah. unmuddy the water. Yeah, exactly, definitely. Um, so we've talked about it quite a lot. So we might as well, you know, um, uh, actually a, f- a finally deep dive on PIM. Uh, so uh, privileged identity management. Um, can can you just um, get, go through PIM for me and and just sort of explain at a high level uh, what it's trying to achieve? So privileged identity management is um, the ability to be able to give um, restricted access to. Um, management groups and groups and I'll talk about groups in a minute Um, so this is um, just-in-time access so in effect with the roles within Azure AD so the 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 global admins global readers uh, security admin etc and within Azure you know the owners the the contributors etc you're able to specify um, a user who, you know, uh, that role having X amount of time to use you know, that role. So this is where you can um, assign the users as eligible and they can activate that role. And that activation could be self-approval depending on the role. So maybe you've got a lower role, like a reader or something that maybe you don't want to be active all the time, but you want them to be able to elevate into, they can just self-approve. And that could be... Um, all they have to do is um, require Azure MFA. Um, some of the other sort of configuration there is how long they can have it for. So maybe with like a global admin, you might say you can only have that for an hour at a time, maybe two hours. But global, you know, uh, reader, you might be, at, you know, might have for, you know, an eight-hour day because you know it's relatively safe. Whilst you can do reconnaissance, you can't change anything. Um, so you set those pieces and then. For, for roles like global admin or owner, um, you can set an approval group or subset of users. So they have to approve that access. So you can put the request in, submit it, and then it goes to that team or that group of people. 
Um, once they approve it, then it then activates and then you get it for the, the set amount of time. So the question that a lot of people have about this is, well, if I've got an approval process for global admins and I'm going to do a change out of hours, my manager's not going to be awake at two o'clock in the morning. How how am I going to get that approved when I can only do two hours? So the answer to that is, is that within, when, within your request, you can specify a custom time to activate. So you can say that at 2 a.m. I want global global admin for two hours and then the approver sees when you need it. And when you, uh, one thing I've kind of missed out is when you do your request for approval, you've got to put a justification and you can also add a box for a change number, an instant number or, or a ticketing system number. So if you're tracking it against change management, then at least you've, you know, it all ties up. Um, what, somebody's yes. actually using change management, Alan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, so yes, so then the you know the the approver can you know potentially see the the ticket that you know why why they're making that change and the justification, and then they can approve that that role and then it will activate at that time. So that's all really powerful and we use it a lot. That's what Sam was saying about we use it with our customers where you know we go in you know we're we're B two B into a customer and they give us you know, reader and contributor and owner as, you know, or, or whatever we need global, you know, sometimes we have global admin and then we go through that approval process. So they know that one, we're at, we're working in that environment, but two, they're understanding what we're doing. So that there's no surprises. Yeah. And I think that is, um, in our scenario, it's, it's, it's very powerful, you know, um, from a risk mitigation from all sides, right. You know, because, Sometimes it is quite tempting to just give people, you know, the roles that they will require just permanently. And I, I absolutely love the time boxing element of it. You know, you might only be eligible for certain, you know, uh, to, to even request elevation for certain periods of time. You know, if you're engaged with a customer for a month, they give you a month in PIM and then it completely goes and you can't then. That is true. You know, we haven't talked about that. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, when you're, sorry, yeah, when you're assigned yeah. the roles, you can specify that it's only for a maximum of X time. So yeah, so we're working with a, you know, we're working with a customer at the moment and in effect, you know, we do it monthly that when it comes to, you know, the end of the month, we request access for the next amount of time we think we need it for. And then yeah. they approve it, they extend it. Yeah. And then, then we get that natural um, uh, review time of like, um, say people from our team, our side now don't need access because maybe they've come in to do a specific package of work which is now completed but others may still need access so it's it's also good to carve out the dead wood from both sides you know um yeah. you know and, and all that sort of stuff it does require a little bit of administration right they've got to set up set up things their side and you maybe you'll go through that anyway but um but it's it's definitely a huge benefit you know from external parties you know uh to being into an organization yeah absolutely and you know it it's the settings for the amount of access, you know, the amount of time someone has access or whether they're able to have something for you know, a permanent amount of time is all based on the, the role itself. So it's not just a setting, a global setting that you set It is per, per role within Azure and um, Azure AD. Um, so that's talking about that. And there was something else I was thinking about that I needed to talk to about, but I can't think what it was now. So, I'll come back to it when I remember it. But 
let's talk about previous access groups. Now they're currently in preview, and I think they've been in preview for a year now. It's been it's been some time, and what it is is that you're it gives you the ability to um, do just in time um, to that group. So you could be you know maybe you're you're in that group for as a member for two hours or for eight hours. Now this is quite good for maybe if you need quick access to a management system that isn't you know Azure AD roles or Azure, and you know it's a third party system. Maybe it's the password system to to administer it, but you don't want to give someone permission all the time. They only need it for a small amount of time because obviously it's quite sensitive <laughs> um, environment. Um, or maybe it's a, a role within a HR system. Yeah, maybe it's within Dynamics as an example, from a Microsoft side or, you know, a third-party HR system. Um, this gives you the ability to, to just in time, become a member of that group, and then based on if that use, that group is being synchronized with the third parties or with Dynamics, et cetera, then it will give you permission to that, to that system for that amount of time. So it just opens up the flexibility you can do. So I think in the last episode, we were talking about PIM, and other clouds and that Entra permission management has that sort of native connection from a uh, Azure AD PIM perspective, we would use probably, we would more than likely um, federate the AWS and GCP of the worlds to, to Azure AD as their identity and then provision the users over from that. Um, and the groups that we would use would have, um, would be previous access groups so that we can just in time access, say we need access to this project in GCP as an example for eight hours or this role on that project. So then we get elevated into that group that gets synchronized and then we've got permission for the eight hours. So that's kind of the way of you know, making it more flexible um, with other applications out there. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, anything, any other aspects of PIM or in that world that you want to uh, cover? Have you remembered what you've done? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, it's the most annoying thing, and I think it was quite yeah. good as well. Um, um, yeah, I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, let's 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 move on. Um, let's ask the eight old question of. How's it licensed? What does it cost? Um, you know, is this is this is this gonna hurt? Yeah, so I don't I can't I can never remember the, the costings for it, but um so this is based on the um Azure D Premium P2 license. Um so it's all part of that and you are for, if you want to use some of the functionality, you don't necessarily have to license every user. It depends on what you're doing. So if you're using PIM and access reviews. So if with PIM, you only need to license the users that are using that service. So it might only be your admins. So it may be a small subset of your users. Of course, there's we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, episode, no, it's not episode six. Was it episode six? Maybe. Yes, episode six, uh, season two, where we talked about all the other features of all the, the benefits of having P2, like identity protection. Um, but with access reviews, you you only have to license the reviewers at that point as well. So that's not too bad. 
Um, but obviously access reviews, you know, it's going to be any user potentially, um, you know, using it. So you will, you will have to license everyone for that in Azure at least. Yeah. Okay. So these all sit under P2 and obviously P2 has got more in it than just these elements as well. That's, that's correct. Isn't it, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think main piece is identity protection. Yeah. Um, on top of this. Okay. And there, there is potentially a way to, uh, ratchet licensing as you go through, right? You might, you might decide that access reviews is the last thing that you want to do or, you know, and then spreading that out to the rest of the organization. Um, whereas, you know, you might be able to get away with less licensing for, say, PIM and uh, yeah. and, and so on, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I I don't really have anything else um, to ask you about these ones, really. I mean, you know, my my big fan favorite is PIM, obviously, right? I'm a big big advocate of that. Um, are there any other sort of aspects to identity governance that you want to uh, talk about? Yeah. So I've just remembered what I oh, need to amazing. say about PIM. Cool. Yeah, I know it's like <laughs> like you said it. Um, so because you're managing those roles with PIP, it means you get alerts when someone just adds themselves to those roles. So it's actually an auditing perspective or alerting. So say you've got global admin and it's it you've um, enrolled it into PIM. Um, so if, if an admin or you know another global admin decides just to add a user to that role rather than via PIM, then there is an alert on it to say, you know, someone's been added as an active enrollment. So you can stop that. I guess it's kind of permission creep. You can stop people having, you know, dedicated access all the time if, you know, it's a, a corporate stance not to. I guess that also would alert you on maybe a bad actor elevating their rights to try and keep a, a foothold within the within the organisation. The, the other thing around auditing as well is that, Within the Azure AD logs, signing uh, uh, the Azure AD logs, um, you see all of that interaction. You see who approved it. You see your justification. You see all that auditing information. So beforehand, you wouldn't have seen that. It's all just giving you a permission, you know, a role, and that's it. You know, there's no like justification or anything, um, and that can be fed into Microsoft Sentinel or other seams, which then alerting could be created on if it was you know unusual okay great yeah that sounds that sounds really good and and giving more context and more visibility of the changes in your environment is always a great thing isn't it you know that's that's always you know top of our agenda right is is understanding what's going on in your environment so that you can then control it so yeah uh, amazing okay let's um Let's let's leave it there then, unless you think of anything else. Obviously, that comes to your mind um, in the next uh, few minutes. But yeah, let's let's leave it there. We're, we're really good on time as well for this one. We're at thirty-one minutes, so that's that's I think that's nice, digestible for people because usually we can ramble on and talk yes. to each other for an hour, can't we? So, yeah, always nice to keep it um, nice and sharp. Okay, so um, let's do a little bit of reflection because we like to do these just for me. To, well, for for the person asking the questions to then feed, you know, uh, mirror back um, to, to the other, just to un- to make sure that we've understood, you know, actually we've been listening. Basically, it's our it's our homework and our tests. Um, <laughs> okay, so identity government uh, governance um, it assists in uh, managing access um, and a user's access uh, lifecycle. So um, we are. 
were, were it's really giving us a grasp on who has access to what and under what conditions they have access to those things. I know that's very like generic and wishy-washy and high level, but I, I think it, I think, it, you know, when we're talking about, you know, um, access packages, um, that's what it's really trying to do, isn't it? It's trying to model your catalog of your, your, your resources um, and, and managing uh, users' uh, lifecycle of access um, to those packages. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's a big one for me. Um, access reviews um, gives you a um, I call it automated way, semi-automated, automated way um, of being able to um, ensure that the users that have access to your um, that are part of your Azure AD. Um, actually still um need the access that they've been given so so that that review can be done internally with the quote managers of those uh, users so we talked about um guest users um their manager actually being their sort of sponsor that sort of you know maybe invited them into the organization um uh, getting a review from those people and if you don't want to also do that you can also go to the actual users themselves and check in with them to see if they still need um, access. If they're, if they're a dormant account and they never get back to you, then you can kind of be a bit um, more confident in the fact that you can silently remove them because you've, you've, you maybe don't have an internal sponsor for them. You've gone back to them to ask them if they still need permission. If they haven't even got back to you, then you know it's probably not high on their priority list or, or they're not part of it anymore. Um, and then uh, PIM is obviously uh, just-in-time access to, to to roles or groups uh, within. It's it's both sides, isn't it, PIM? It's all it's it's Azure AD and also Azure as well yeah. on both sides because uh, because of the group nature of it. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and then you obviously talked about um, at the last bit. You also talked about um, the the way that um, PIM can help you to add context to your logs around changes to your environment, you know, um, wh why these changes were made to the permissions and also alerting you for when people do direct assignments and things like that, you know, yeah. and, 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 and getting more context there. Anything else that I've missed there or anything else you want to cover or recap? No, I think that that covers it. It seems to be quite a, I say short is what a 34 minutes now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I think we've, the thing is what we're talking about here is a subset of functionality, aren't we? Right. Some of our yeah. bigger topics are like, you know, when we talked about Azure Active Directory, we had about 15 things to talk about, <laughs> didn't we? Right. Whereas we've just zeroed in on three sort of, you know, uh, parts of it. So yeah, I think it's, I, th I think you've, you've given us some really good insights there. So, and, and, there's there's only so much we can do with a podcast as well. Do you know it, it, do you know what I mean? It's it's um we don't have the ability to take people through this journey of you know actually configuring these things. Um, so we we have to be careful with how much technical detail we actually go into because it could start to get a little bit harebrained and complex. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so uh, next episode, um, I'm going to take the leap and do an episode on um. Uh, the Microsoft Purview Governance Portal it used to be called Azure Azure Purview, I believe, before yep. previously, um, and it's a bit of a beast. 
Um, and I was recently on a train the trainer event, effectively a an event that is delivered by was delivered by Microsoft um, CSAs here in the UK. I believe it was the first train the trainer event that they had actually run. And effectively, they they took um, a bunch of partners, um, myself included, um, through the process, a real hands on th- um, deep dive into uh, into uh, the Purview Governance Portal. Um, I think I can talk about it all because all of the documentation that we went through was on one of the CSA's GitHub page, which is completely public, right? So what what I'm going to effectively do is I'm I can't take you through that because. Uh, in detail because the train the trainer event was over the course of a whole day you know <laughs> and there were hands on labs and things like that but what what is great about the documentation that uh, the the process that we went through and the documentation that they have they've they've chunked it up nicely to talk about and all of the sort of the key elements of um of of the governance portal that they they really want to show off and talk to you about so i'm going to take you through um basically what i learned during that thing because i am in no way a a purview expert and purview has has changed and we're, we're also going to have to see the appetite of people because we could get start talking about uh the new purview um product family because things have changed in that space haven't they they've they've bucketed a lot of things under the purview name um so so we'll, we'll also see um if that's something that people people want as well because there is some functionality in purview that isn't linked to the governance portal uh, which is more Office 365 side of things that we've got um, experience with. Um, so yeah, if you've if you've enjoyed this episode, um, please do uh, consider subscribing if you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future. Uh, we have many more topics that we'd like to cover, and your listens and support is what will continue to fuel the podcast going forward. We also have the ability to give us feedback. Did you enjoy this episode? Disagree? with our thoughts or anything that I said. Um, did I miss anything? <laughs> I don't think I did. I mean, I almost did, but I think I covered everything. Um, yeah. uh, you know, please use the form that's in the show notes um, to leave us some feedback. And um, yeah, it helps us um, determine, sometimes to ter- determine the next episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any feedback that you've got, and especially if you want to criticise Alan, I've got no problem with you sending a message to our feedback for that. No, I'm only joking, Alan. You did a great job. You did a great job. Cool. Well, um, thanks, everyone, uh, for listening, if you got to this uh, part of the episode. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And speak to you soon. Bye.